All right, so the Yankees do it again. They take the series, this time in Cleveland, to wrap up their road trip. Um, Yeah, four consecutive series taken by the Yankees to begin their season. Now at 8-4 overall, they did it the tough way. Dropping the first game, winning the next two at Progressive Field. So, let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about this series against the Cleveland Indians that the Yankees, again, took two out of three. Episode 508. Let's get it. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, Showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. All right. All right. Let's do it. The Yankees take it. Episode 508 of the show. Thank you for stopping by. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. And the New York Yankees this weekend, or this week, middle of the week now, um, they took it. So let's talk about it. Let's get right into it. The game one of the series took place on Monday. Uh, The Yankees, again, they lost this game. They did lose this game. This was the Domingo Herman game going up against Shane Bieber. Um, Top of the first inning, the Yankees load the bases. Stanton gets the big double, 2-0. Bottom of the second, Brennan. Gets the sack fly for Cleveland. It's 2-1. to one. Bottom of the fourth. Zanino doubles. Ties the game at two. Domingo's done after three-plus innings. Couldn't record an out in the fourth inning. Brewer and Hamilton followed. Bottom of the seventh, you get the Josh Naylor sack fly. Makes it 3-2 to two Cleveland. And so the Yankees eventually would lose by that score. This was a frustrating game, um, and kind of a trend this series with Aaron Boone, uh, where he doesn't put the best lineup out there. He, he just started out the first three series doing a very nice job of keeping somewhat of a consistent lineup, but in this game, on Monday night, I felt like he just conceded from the start. Um, I think he realized... I'm trying to, you know, get inside of his head here. Maybe he realized, you know, the bullpen was taxed coming into Monday night. Uh, You saw Domingo Herman on the mound opposing uh, Shane Bieber on the other end. And maybe he figured, okay, well, probably not going to win. It's going to be tough to win. This This might be a good day to rest some of my starters. So you had no DJ. You had no Oswaldo. And instead, we get Calhoun batting fifth, 
Franchi out there with IKF. Um, it's just it's it's kind of a poor mentality to me to, to basically concede like that right away. Um, you know, right after Domingo Herman puts his one billionth runner on base, Boone sees enough. Uh, he sticks to his plan, doesn't use any top guys, doesn't want to push them, but goes with Colton Brewer and later Ian Hamilton. Uh, Brewer actually pitched wonderfully, but point being, those are you know, two mop-up relievers, and that's no formula for winning, so you couldn't expect to win this one. Um, but to not put your full lineup out there was kind of garbage to me. The bottom of the lineup was just putrid. That's what bothered me most. Um and we'll talk about the top half of that lineup in game one in a second. Because they had their faults. Um, but Domingo Herman was bad and has been bad. Um, again, Colton Brewer saved his ass to make his line look a lot better than it was. But still awful for Domingo. Just the way he pitched. Uh, three innings, two hits, two runs, one earned run. But then here's where it gets fun. Um, five walks. Zero strikeouts, 87 pitches, and only a 56% strike rate. That's three innings. That's pretty terrible efficiency right there. Um, I mean, thinking back, his curveball had no bite. That's usually his pitch, but he was hanging them all night. He couldn't throw strikes. He was behind to every batter, nibbling all night, could not locate. Absolutely had no rhythm out there. Uh, He faced 17 batters. 17 batters he faced and went first pitch ball a dozen times. So that's 71% of the hitters he faced on Monday night starting behind in the count. If I can do math correctly. That's awful. Um, Just constant traffic on the bases every inning. In the second inning. He makes that error, and that comes back to haunt the Yankees. That runner ends up scoring. Um, by the way, Franchi Cordero, I like him. Very productive so far. We'll talk a little more on him. But man, his arm is is, uh, is about as inaccurate as Judge's arm is accurate. Fourth inning was a mess. Zanino, the double. That guy killed the Yankees all night. Always does. He had three doubles in the game. But yeah, Domingo Herman, he and Clark Schmidt have got to figure it out because they are killing this bullpen. We'll obviously touch on Clark Schmidt later. But you can't have this. You can't have it where two of every five games we've got to abuse the bullpen like this. It's April. That can't become a thing already. Um, but then you get to the bats. Um, just poor execution. You know, you can't just blame Aaron Boone because your top of the lineup did nothing there. Um, you had Bieber on the ropes in the first inning. You had the bases loaded, nobody out. And in those scenarios, my rule is you want to get at least three runs out of that, especially with a lineup like the Yankees. Um, they only got two, and they ended up losing three to two. So there's your game right there. Uh, after the Stanton double, you got the Trevino chopper. And Rizzo, with, with some bad base running between third and home, he gets caught. And after that, a couple more outs. The inning ends. Uh, but also, just as big, in my opinion, was late in the game. I think this was the eighth inning. 
Shane Bieber is out after seven innings and two runs. And that dude who thinks he's in the wild thing comes in, which is just very weird to me. <laughs> just very weird. Uh, he comes in to face your big boppers, two, three, four in the order, and you still can't get it done. You have Glaber with a huge leadoff triple, and then it's Judge, Rizzo, Stanton do up with nobody out. But Judge kind of gets caught in between. He pops it up on that second pitch with, with you know, a very weak check swing. Rizzo goes down on strikes on four pitches and what was an uncharacteristic at-bat from him. Swung at that inside fastball to go down. And then Stanton, the same thing. Strike three on the fourth pitch of the at-bat. Fastball high and in. And that wild thing wannabe guy celebrates like he won the World Series. Yankees fans got triggered and, and the Yankees eventually lose when Manuel Classe retires them, I think, in order in the top of the ninth. Um, so overall in the game, the Yankees were a feeble 2-for-10 with runners in scoring position. Um, but after that first inning double by Stanton, they proceeded to go 0-for-8. That's not going to cut it. That's why you had two runs. That's bad. Um, also, IKF, very annoying player, man. Nice guy, all that. Good teammate, the anti-Hicks in that sense where he accepts his role. But my Christ. I know he had his first hit, great also good for him but literally right after he picks up the hit I think Glaber walks and then with one out he tries to take third base with Aaron Judge at the plate there's no need for that that's one where I side with the nerds there's no need for that steal you're already in scoring position and the home run king is at bat and you also have the double play in the top of the seventh so just annoying Annoying that the Yankees are so obsessed with him. Like, I don't get what they see. They stuck with him all of last year at shortstop, even when it started damaging the team on both ends. They they gave him the $6 million in the offseason, and now he's still here, uh, a part of the team, while we've got Peraza stashed in AAA, and Oswaldo can't get everyday reps. IKF's 2-for-19. He makes bonehead plays, bad defense, I don't get it. He's a player who's already reached his ceiling. He's going to be decent at best, but he's not at his best often. Um, And that was the first game of the set. Hopefully that's the only negativity we have, because I feel like I, I got a little too negative there. But uh, the second game, the Yankees did pick up the win. Uh, it was 11-2. Garrett Cole going up against Gaddis. Bottom of the first inning wasn't so great. Jose Ramirez doubles. Josh Naylor sack fly. It's 2-0 Cleveland. Top of the second, Jose Trevino singles in a run. 2-1 Cleveland. Top of the third, the Yankees keep storming back. Calhoun singles in a run. Cabrera sack flies. And then Franchi goes yard. 6-2 Yankees. Top of the fourth, Rizzo singles. Labor hits into a double play, but a run scores there. It's 8-2. Rizzo singles again in the sixth inning. Then Judge scores on the wild pitch. It's 10-2. Cole ends up going seven strong. Abreu followed. Top of the ninth. Calhoun grounds into a double play, but a run does score. And the Yankees would win 11-2. Uh, it was a good bounce-back game offensively. I was a little annoyed with the lineup pregame. Won't lie. 
I was fine with the Volpe day off. I think he needed that. But then to go Stanton on the bench also, that bothered me. Like, he's been their hottest hitter. Um, But it did not matter, obviously. The Yankees scored 11 runs on 13 hits, two extra base hits, three walks. They uh, hit 6 of 14 with runners in scoring position and only struck out seven times. You had DJ, Rizzo, Judge, Hicks, all with multi-hit games. Every starter on the Yankees picked up a hit. You had the extra base hits come from DJ and Franchi. DJ the double, Franchi the home run. Um, Franchi had three RBIs, Rizzo two RBIs, while Oswaldo, Trevino, and Calhoun each picked up one ribby each. Um, Rizzo providing the tack on runs and back-to-back at-bats later on. Garrett Cole has been exceptional to start the season, and I want to get to him because he is getting my tip of the cap tonight. Yeah, he was the best starting pitcher of the series. Um, seven innings, two runs, five hits, two walks, three strikeouts, no home runs, 97 pitches in the win. He looked good, man. Uh, he struggled early. Definitely did not have his best fastball. Uh, there was a lot of contact in this one. Couldn't get the swing and miss, but he got it done. You know, the first inning, Jose Ramirez smacked that double off the fastball. Uh, you have Torres making that error that was um, scored as a hit. Uh, but, you know, Cole kind of went away from his four-seamer after that, and he was mainly change-up curve. Um, but after the first inning, he really settled in. No hits in the second and third innings. He ends up going seven strong and giving the bullpen a day off. You know, you really got two days in a row, really, with only Hamilton, Brewer, and Abreu used in those games. So, yeah, he Garrett Cole looks good this year, man. He looks very good. He's not allowed a home run yet. Knock on wood, please. And that is obviously the key. Uh, the breaking ball is away from the zone. That's been a pitch that got hit around last year. Uh, and he's spotting the fastball nicely, too. Especially those first two starts. Uh, but the changeup and slider have been getting results. Um, and I love that Garrett Cole, so far in the season, is 3-0. and Um I know a lot of us don't like the wins and losses as a pitcher of record, but I don't care. I love it. I think it's super important, um, especially right now, that the Yankees win on cold days and take care of business. Um, because since he's come here, the Yankees are just a tad over 600 on cold days. Last season, that number was a little closer to 700, and I'd like for that to be the mark they chase for this season. That's my goal for them. Win in 70% of Garrett Cole starts. I think that'd be great. Um, But yeah, Garrett Cole, great. The Yankees, great in this win. And nothing really else from that game. So let's hop to game three. Uh, But first, I'm going to head to break real quick. We'll be right back. Hey guys, so if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. BD4 is located on many different platforms. 
You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify. But you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. All right. Welcome back to the show. Let's talk about the third game of the set. This one was uh, this was a game I actually missed. I was working. Uh, it's a travel game, so they played a day game on a Wednesday. But um, I did see the, the the highlights. I watched some of the encore, uh, and I saw enough to get to give my analysis. So it was Clark Schmidt going up against Battenfield, and the Yankees end up winning four to three. Bottom of the first was pretty wild. I hear. Uh, you have the Hicks review that eventually leads to two runs. Uh, he ends up dropping two balls in the inning. Boone gets tossed the second time. Uh, so it's 2 nothing Cleveland to begin. Uh, third inning comes. Rosario, not a lefty, still gets to Schmidt. He goes deep, and it's 3 nothing. Um, Schmidt ends up going four, and that was it. The Yankees on, on, on rest. Uh, go with their top relieving core and Marinaccio, King, Peralta, and Clay Holmes with five shutout from there. Um, top of the fifth inning for the Yankees. Higgy knocks in two runs, doubles off the wall. It's three to two. Uh, top of the seventh, Franchi Cordero with another home run. Unreal. Ties the game. Uh, and then the top of the ninth, Oswaldo Cabrera at the plate. Got Torres running for Stanton, and Oswaldo goes off the wall. Singles in Glaber. It's four to three Yankees, and they win. Um, Aaron Boone, yeah, he gets tossed in this game. Um, Hicks dropped the ball. It was ruled a catch, but it was rightly changed to a drop or trap. Um, but I think what bothered Boone was that Francona does not challenge. Cleveland, like the ballpark, showed the play on the big board. And you've got the umps gathering to change the call. They then change the call. Boone loses his shit. Says, no, you can't do that. It's past the 15 seconds. Which is supposed to be the new rule. Um, and then he gets tossed. <laughs> and I was listening to his post game. It was pretty funny. You could tell he, you could tell he was still a little bit ticked off. But um, yeah, whatever. It's good to see him get get tossed. I, I always like it when he shows fire because I think he's a soft manager. Um, but seeing him get tossed, you know, that that's the one thing he does do pretty well is um, you know, occasionally get get thrown out of a game. Um. Also in the first inning, Anthony Volpe leads off the game, batting one. And I like that decision. You know, you, you want to try to get him going. You need to figure something out. Get him out of the nine spot. Um, it was actually the number one spot in the order. It was a spot that I wanted Volpe to hit in eventually anyway. So I'm glad we got a little bit of a look at it today. Um, and right away, it benefited. He doubled. Um, doubles to open up the game. He goes off the wall in left field. Just misses the home run, but he got great solid contact on the ball. Um, ends up going one for four. I, I just hope he finds it soon. 
because it's it's gonna be honest, it's tough seeing a bat 140, and we're getting closer to May each day now. Um, and the closer we get to May, the more difficult it's going to be to increase that 140 batting average, because um, percentages as as the sample size gets larger, they fluctuate, you know, um, less. So. You want to see him get hot eventually. I know he's known for getting off to slow starts at, at each level he's been to, but, you know, let's not use that as an excuse. Um, on a plus, Clay Holmes gets the save in the third game of the set. I think he's 4-4 four of four now. Uh, the sinker gave him trouble today. You know, he hit a batter, walked Gonzalez, then he walked Quan with the sinker. Um... That led to the mound visit with the bases loaded in a one-run game. Two outs. But then he goes slider to Rosario to strike him out for the save. So he goes away from the sinker in the end. And he throws Rosario a couple of sliders to get him going down on strikes. Um, So, you know, he's all in all, Clay Holmes has had some shaky outings already this year. But he's gotten the job done more times than not. Uh, I think the only outing where he allowed runs to cross was his first appearance of the season. I think since then he's been pretty good. Um, this was his kind of, uh, this was just a nail biter. Uh, but yeah, he's had some rough outings, some shaky ones. It's just something to keep an eye on. Um, but how about the Yankee pitching as a whole, though, man? It's gotten the job done. I'm not. You know what I mean? I'm not going to complain because it's really, really been good when you think about it big picture-wise so far this season. Um, like, despite all the hits to the staff and the bullpen, I was never panicking. I'm still not panicking. Like, they had shown me enough last season that they're capable of getting outs regardless. Um, are there concerns? Yes, of course. The injuries, I mean, uh, the Severino one scares me. Uh, Carlos Rodon now the back issues on top of the uh, what, shoulder. Uh, the Johnny Loizaga injury is is not great. Uh, Michael King, I'm still keeping an eye on that velocity dip. Uh, but even with all of that, Yankee pitching folks has held opponents to just 2.75 runs per game this season. <laughs> Outside the Tampa Bay Rays, who are apparently the best team of all time right now. Um, the Yankees are the only team in the AL East division to hold their opponent to under six runs on the year, 60 runs. Um, and not only have they held their opponents to under 60 runs, the Yankees have allowed 33. So pretty damn good. They have eight pitchers on the roster with a sub three. They have six pitchers on the roster with a sub two. And they have three pitchers at the moment with an ERA of zero, zero, zero. Albert Abreu is one of them. He's quietly having a very nice start. Four games in, he's got seven innings, five hits, no runs, seven Ks, three walks. He's gone multiple innings, too, in three of his four appearances. Wandy Peralta, after today, remains perfect. Uh, And how about Colton Brewer? Colton Brewer actually pitched so well on Monday night, he's going to get my tip of the cap. I thought he was great. Um, kind of looks like Garrett Cole a little bit. But what he did on Monday was awesome. Bailing out Domingo Herman, 
Three scoreless innings from him. No runs. Just one double. Uh, a walk. But he gets it done. Very efficient. Went right at them. Was aggressive. Throwing strikes. And he got outs. He got outs. And so far, Colton Brewer... Already, you know, only 10 games in, he's he's got, no, he's got a, a one-cap tip. So good for him. Um, But yeah, speaking of, you know, some of the flaws with the Yankee pitchers, uh, one of them has been Clark Schmidt. Uh, and Clark Schmidt today was, I guess, better, but still not great at all. I noticed that he went away from the cutter today. Uh, he still couldn't really get the swing and miss. Uh, still got hit a little bit. He's obviously in the rotation until these guys get healthy. But I guess, I guess today was maybe a quarter step in the right direction. You know, the Yankees did get the win. That's their first win this season on a Clark Schmidt day. But I think... I think one more inning out of him today would have made this a true positive. You know, because he's, he's got to be able to be effective. If he's effective enough, the length will come. You need to give us five. Just one time, he or Domingo have to give it. I have more faith in Domingo finding it than Clark right now because Domingo has shown us that he could be a capable spot starter. Um, but Clark Schmidt, you know, he's, he's shown us only decency in the bullpen so far. And I, I'm going to continue to say, I don't think he's a starting pitcher. Um, again, it's the two things. It's the second time through the order and it's getting those lefty hitters out. So, um, on a positive, the Yankee bats stay productive. It was finally nice to get a breakout performance from them on Tuesday. With the 11 spot, I feel like we needed that. We've had a lot of solid offensive games, but we haven't really had a breakout offensive performance yet, and that seemed like it was it. Um, now, they hit over 300 with runners in scoring position in the series, but a chunk of that 313 look uh, average was from the um, the second game. Um but I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you, a lot of guys, you, know, you look at your usuals, the key cogs are contributing. Judge is hitting the ball hard, even this series, that he didn't get a ton of hits. Uh, he, but he's been producing all year. Stanton, uh, Rizzo, Glaber. Glaber kept getting on base this series. DJ's power is back. DJ and Glaber, though, they are both hurt. I think Torres is okay. Again, he pinched, ran, and scored today. DJ, I don't know. It's kind of a little concerning and, and frustrating. But... Yeah, those are all your key cogs, and they've been producing. But even besides your key cogs, how about the production you're getting from guys like Franchi Cordero and Oswaldo Cabrera? They've been so key to this solid 8-4 and four start. Um, Oswaldo, I knew he produced well, and we'll talk about him in just a second, but Franchi Cordero? <laughs> no way, man. I almost gave him the, uh, the my tip of the cap, but two series, uh, two home runs. In this series, four RBIs, one walk. He took one 440 feet today to center field to tie the game. He launched one yesterday to break the game open. The Yankees talked about how they like his analytics, exit velo, 
Um, his swing. How about a swing? It's very, sh you know, they like the launch angle on it, but it's very short, simple, quick, to the ball. I, I like that about him. Um, so I, he's off to a torching start. Torching start. How long will this last? I don't know. Right? I mean, the 800 slugging, you know, more RBIs than he's got games played. He leads the team in homers. I don't, I, you know, it's hard to say how long it'll last. We'll probably see some regression eventually. But shit, Matt Carpenter, Gio Urshela, Luke Voigt, Cameron Mabin, Franchi Cordero. I mean, Cashman's done this before. Who knows? Who knows? But he is scorching hot. Uh, but I am tipping my cap to Oswaldo Cabrera this series because I thought he was great. Thought he was great. It's good to see him finally start clicking. Um, Oswaldo, three hits in this series, about 375 and eight at-bats. Uh, two RBIs, scored two runs. Very impressive to see him do that today against Emmanuel Classe. A very good relief pitcher. To be able to take that hard slider, cutter, whatever it is, 91 at the knees like that, he gets his hands in and then belts it to the wall for the game-winning base hit. That was impressive stuff. It was difficult to do. Um, but I feel like he's always had a knack for making big plays, whether it be in the field or at bat. Oswaldo always makes a big play. On the year, he's now 3 of 9, 333, with runners in scoring position. He's got five RBIs, so he's doing the job at the plate, and I believe the power will come, because the numbers aren't crazy good right now, but the power is going to come. The power is his biggest weapon offensively. It's why he's, you know, a major league hitter. I think he's got enough power in there to hit you 18 to 20 bombs a year if he could play every day. So there's no concern with me. I think it's going to come. I love his swing. The fact that he's a switch hitter, uh, I think he's got offensive upside. Uh, and the defense, I mean, shit. He, he played all of left field, right field, shortstop, and second base this series. <laughs> and that's something I want to see him do with, I want to see the Yankees do with him more. You know, I want him playing some more infield because he's very good there too. Especially if LeMayu and or Glaber uh, miss his time. I think it'd be good to get Oswaldo some infield reps as well, because he he just anywhere he can he could play anywhere, you know he he just adopts so well and so quickly at any position. I mean the kid played a total of four games in the outfield in his minor league career. He comes up here, he starts robbing home runs, making strong throws, lunging and diving catches and shit. And I think he led the league in, in defensive runs saved out there in the outfield since he debuted. <laughs> it's, really, it's really amazing. And this is a kid who needs to play every single day, man. Find him at-bats with his youth and his ability to play all these positions so easily. There's no reason for Oswaldo to not be in the lineup every day. Not 8 out of 10 days. Every day. Um... So that's it. I think that's it. There's not much else to add. Good win.
good series. The Twins are next. Four. Four games against the Twins. They're a team the Yankees need to be able to take at least three out of four from. At least. Um, Joey Gallo. Little fake DL stint. He's got Yankee Stadiumitis, so he won't be uh, walking up to the plate. <laughs> um, the Yankees are going to be facing Pablo Lopez in this series. I think I think he's pitching against Cole in the fourth game. Uh, speaking of, I think it was last night that Luis Arias kid hits for the first cycle in Marlins history. So I went up and looked at his numbers. He's batting over 500. He's batting like 538 right now. It's it's so annoying because I wanted him at the deadline, I think last year. I was talking about him as as this like he's 26 years old, so I was like he's like the newest, he's the new Jose Altuve. He's he's a he would be perfect for the Yankees. Cuz we know this lineup lacks those kinds of hitters. Oh, I wanted him so bad. And then the fact that he was traded and Cashman never made any noise. And to see that he was only traded for Pablo Lopez, who's a very good pitcher, but the Yankees could have done a Pablo Lopez type of deal there. Don't tell me they couldn't have done something like that. It bothered me. But yeah, he's good. Uh, Anyways, the Yankees win. Great series. Great win. Um, And uh, we will be back talking about this Minnesota series. In a few days, and we're going to be back 5:09, talking New York Knicks as well. The Knicks game one of the playoffs for the Knicks takes place on Saturday, so we will definitely be doing that recap. Um, and look forward to a preview. I'm still going to try to get a preview in to the Knicks Cavs series as well. So, with that said, let's head to our final break. Get back and wrap this up with our trivia question, and that'll be that. Stay with us. Be right there. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to bd4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Excuse me. All right. Welcome back to the show. I almost choked on my water. Um, I'm your host, RJ. Episode 508. Let's wrap it up with our question of the day. So for this episode, our trivia question. The Yankees currently have three triples on the year as a team. Which player holds the franchise record for most triples in a season? That's which Yankee. The Yankees currently have three triples on the year as a team. 
Which Yankee holds the franchise record for most triples in a single season? All right, so one last time. The Yankees currently have three triples in the year as a team. Which player holds the franchise record for most triples in a single season? All right, and that is it. That's it. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Episode 508 is in the books. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and I'll see you in episode 509. We'll most likely be talking Knicks. So, excited for that, but excited for the Yankees to keep continuing their strong start to the season. And, um, yep, Minnesota's next. That's all we've got. Thank you, and I'll see you later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.